Pints and Bites Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. Tights and Bites Podcast. That's what you got. Bunch of friends talking wrestling. Those are the actual lyrics. I mixed them in at the end. Don't take your place It's just a matter of time. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the talk master, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by my fellow member of the Nation of Conversation, Dance to Nation Unknown, Danielle Radford. That's true. I've never been to Soho, I don't think, but uh, yes, yes, that is true. It's, wait, Soho is just South Hollywood, right? Yes. Oh. I do not know if that's what they're referring to yeah. in the song. I thought it was the New York one, but... Um, I am also very West Coast biased. So I'm like... Oh, it's Soho. There's a place called Soho Manhattan. Oh. Yeah, so, South, I think it's south of Houston. I think that's... And there's also Soho like the Soho House, which there. is where rich people go to do drugs, from what Although I understand. Although they can do it anywhere, on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> wherever Tony Khan is, there's always cocaine <laughs> being snorted. And allegedly. Allegedly. We don't know. Not even allegedly, just comedically. Comedic. It's comedically happening. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't, this is not true. We have no information here. We're wrestling fans like you are. We don't know anything. Mm-mm. See, we're all in the same boat. <sighs> we have to do the show this week? Yeah, we do. Okay, great. Uh, you know, this- she says, as she gets rid of the last of her tears and coffee from uh, having a dry coffee cry throughout this morning, it'll be good for uh, our listeners as well to be able to take uh, their minds off of things that are not everything that is the worst happening right now. It's fuck those dudes all day long. Fuck Clarice Thomas. Fuck his raggedy ass wife. This is why we do things like this. Um, because when shit's hard, people need something to cheer them up. And I feel like I'm going to be extra bitter today. And sometimes I'm funny when I'm bitter. So let's go. Okay. What did you enjoy from wrestling this week, Danielle? I thought it was so sweet that during Slammiversary, WWE did allow AJ Styles to accept his award in Epstantia over, like he sent in a, a very nice video about how like this was what made AJ Styles and like how much he loved the X Division and how proud he was and what a big moment it was for him. You the fans voted AJ Styles as most impactful X Division wrestler. And not only that, most impactful male wrestler. Thank you. It means everything coming from you, the fans. And AJ Styles would still be AJ Styles, but how phenomenal would I be without Impact Wrestling? And I did. I got uh, I got a little verklempt, y'all. I got a little like a little teary face. I just I always do appreciate when WWE actually allows people to acknowledge that they have a past and other places exist. Yeah, it is. It is nice. I yeah, it was really that. nice and good for him um, yeah. for getting for getting that love as well. So one of the things I enjoyed this week also involved AJ Styles, which was the Miss TV segment where the whole thing was centered on him saying that Miz had tiny popcorn balls, which in and of itself is like this is the humor that grade school children who have just found out what balls are and that they're supposed to be big. Or like that yeah. big balls are, I don't know what, what, what the ball industry is trying to push on us in terms of what is beautiful when it comes to balls. But All balls are beautiful. All balls are beautiful. Mm-hmm. A-B-A-B. Ab-ab. 
All balls are beautiful. Uh, it doesn't all matter what gender the balls are on. They are all beautiful, no matter Correct. size, nor gender. Yes. But watching the two of them together and watching the Miz, you know, you can tell when a performer is, uh, he always stays really dedicated to it, which I appreciate about him right. as a promo and a, and a performer in general, is that he really, like, inhabits that character. But you could tell he was about to laugh because it's so dumb. And I think they both realize, like, we're turning this into a thing right now. This is not becoming a thing. Your tiny little balls are becoming a thing, I'm just saying. No, this is not a thing. I'm pretty sure it's a thing. It's not a thing. Are Mrs. Tiny Balls a thing or not? It's just such a like of that era, like mid-South, like kind of, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yes. It is It is very much like an old school, because AJ does that a lot with a lot of his promos and stuff. He's a very old school kind of promo. It, it was a delight watching them both like start to devolve into, I can't believe we're being paid to say this on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also in that department, and also from Raw, was the return of Elias. Did you see the return of Elias? And what did you think? I'll tell you what I thought after. I want to hear what your impression of it is. And I, I think I know by your face, but go ahead. It's so fucking stupid. I love it so much. I know. It's it so is. stupid. It's so incredibly delightful. The fact that they got, honestly, a pretty decent looking fake beard, if I if uh -huh. I must say. This whole program is so stupid. And the fact that Kevin Owens cares so much, and he doesn't even know why he cares that they're not real twinsies. The whole thing makes me giggle and giggle and giggle. I do want to pick out a specific moment from that to put over later on. Okay. But the fake beard did look like it's. It was. I really took me into the uncanny valley and dropped me off for for way too long. Cause I'm like, I, I it starts. To, it starts to like obviously it's a fake beard, and right. then you go, oh, it looks like when someone over grooms their beard and like cuts those lines just a little bit too tight. It's like it's too too precious because they're real beards that look that that look like they're fake beards. Because well, because the they do cut. that with, they do that with a, haha, <laughs> Danielle Corner. Um, so they do that with a product called Beijing. And mm -hmm. Beijing is basically like beard dye. And so anytime you see these dudes, Drake uses it a lot. Like yeah. uh, uh, a lot of time, anytime you see these dudes where it's like, not only is the beard perfectly groomed, which you would expect for someone who was in the public eye, but also right. like, it kind of looks like Lego hair and you can't figure out why. That's yeah. because they done hit it with that Beijing. So, they, so there, there is that, but it, then I traveled further into the forest of confusion ah. until I was sitting there going, was his beard always fake? Did he never have a beard? Oh, no. You I mean, I know spiral. he did, but it really, I spiraled out and it was nice to see him uh, play that character again. That was a fun, that was a fun little moment. He's a really good guitar player sitting there like, oh, I wish I could play. I wish I had been a little bit more disciplined in, in self-teaching or just or well, the study of guitar you know if he was at a party and a guitar was there and there were pretty girls around you know he was gonna play a little something with three chords you know or like he's every guy who walks into guitar center and picks up a guitar sits down in front of an amp and is like ripping off some slayer riffs yes just exactly for the like for no one i maybe it's to get the feel of the guitar but it also feels like they're just in there to play and then they're gonna leave well, yeah. He strikes me as a, anyway, here's Wonderwall's kind of guitar yes, player. Yes, a little <laughs> bit like that. Yeah, no, it's like when I used to work for um, Electronics Boutique and I would just like go walk over to um, uh, the Borders, rest in peace. Um, and I would just go over there and just like read magazines on my lunch break. It's just like, yeah, it's something to do. And then I'll go do the next thing.
Yeah. Uh, but I, I'll tell you who can't rest in peace. Walden Books. <laughs> Walden Books. You never had the books I wanted, Walden Books. You brought this on yourself. Well, you I mean, had more Archie under- comics. Again, my understanding is that Walden Books was part of how Electronics Boutique came to be, which is now GameStop. We have reached the full singularity of things that no longer uh, matter. We're, lo- we're trapped in that beard. We've been in that beard the whole time. We- <laughs> We've been incepted. Oh, my just God. We're like we the monkeys in hair. Yeah, I'm just waiting a, to hear uh, Edith PF so that we can get start going back to reality. <laughs> I have my top ready. Um, oh yeah, yeah, I watched. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was watching, That's what that song sounds like to me. That, I am oh, French. you know, <laughs> je ne regrette rien. Uh huh. Non, je ne regrette rien. Non, regrette rien. Um, rien, rien. I watched Dynamite. You did, and okay, I did. All right, and so we know that. Daniel Bryan will not be competing against Zack Sabre Jr. at at Forbidden Door. He is instead sending a proxy. Who that proxy is is yet to be seen. But my favorite part of the entire show was doing the promo for Forbidden Door and going through all the matches. The num- it was like a belts parade that that to me felt like the Key and Peel East West Bowl sketch. The DeGluster Hardunkachud belt. The X-Wing at Alicia's this belt. The Squeeps belt. Just the number. The, all, this is the old Atlantic belt now. There's the Ring of Honor titles. I, I don't. Then IWGP is thrown in there. I think there's a, there's yet another promotions championship in there. Is there I, a AAA I, belt in there too? Yes, because yeah. I think that FTR has an, a winner-take-all yes. situation, and it wouldn't be surprised yes. if their AAA belts are yeah. also up. Are but the Young Bucks are not in there, so the the... They're the AEW tag champions. Mm. Yeah, they're in a different match against, like, reuniting with Bullet Club against yeah. um, some yeah. And they're on AEW. Yeah. So the AEW, let me track. I'm, I'm, and I'm, I, this is not a bit. I legitimately want to track all of the titles that exist. Just tell me if I'm wrong or right that this, this exists on AEW, regular AEW programming. So we're going to leave the IWGP. We have the AEW world title. We have the interim AEW world title. Yes. We have the AEW women's title. We have the the All-Atlantic title. Uh, oh, that's four. Yeah, I'm using my thumb. Uh, we have the tag titles. Right. We have the uh, TNT and TBS titles. Yes. So those seven. Then we have the Ring of Honor championship. We have the Ring of Honor tag championships. We have the Ring of Honor television championship. And the Ring of Honor Women's Championship? Yes, uh, the last one is the only one that I don't think has appeared on AEW TV, though. Of course not. How many of those? is? That's 11, yes? That was 11, yes. But also, we sometimes have TNA championships. We sometimes have AAA championships. We sometimes have different championships from promotions in Japan. Am, am I correct that those all show up every once in a while? You know, it's not like the the... The neighbor whose face you couldn't see on Home Improvement where he's there every week. You leave Wilson out of this. Yes, Wilson. He's just sitting there, like, peering over the fence. Lord knows what he's seeing, but he's got advice. Uh-huh. But those sh- those show up once in a while instead. They're not Wilsons. Yeah, well, and they basically, once, once they started doing, like, the Christian run and the Kenny run, they kind of backed out. Because I think a lot of people... Agreed with the points that we were making where it was like, first of all, you going around to all of these different promotions, 
it's only helping y'all, it's not helping them. And secondly, when you're trying to establish that your belts are important, why does it have to be, well, I have to have every belt like a Thanos glove, you know? Yeah. Can I make a proposal that I think AEW should do? Let's think of, uh, let's use Star Trek, shall we? Why not? Yes, explain to me like it's Star Trek. I don't want to explain it. I just want to explain, this is my concept. I'm explaining Mm -hmm. my concept, not explaining what Star Trek is. In this concept, every wrestling promotion is its own starship. Mm. So we have the Enterprise, Excelsior, Birds of Prey, whatever, what have you. AEW is not a starship. AEW is Deep Space Nine. It's a station floating there where all the different ships come and all these different characters interact. Some of them are shady. Some of them are are there on Federation business. And so you get to see all of these storylines intertwining in one place. So if that's what AEW is, and that's from what I've seen, that's what it is because they have no unique brand identity outside of we have people from all over the place. And here are 500, like 11 titles on a show is too, it's too many, too many by a lot. It's just too many. It's too much to track. Here's my suggestion. Eliminate all AEW titles. Get rid of them. All of these people wrestle for different promotions. Have those promotions come in as hired guns and put their titles on the line. That's, they're doing it anyway. They're doing it anyway, Danielle. I know, but they shouldn't be. <laughs> but they are. We're in We're in this now. This is. There's an entire... Ah, we're back in the beard. I'm, I'm so deep in the... I'm like stuck in the mustache hairs right now. <laughs> To me, the forbidden door is is not forbidden at all. These seem to be relationships that have been placed for a while. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure many people who listen to this podcast are like, there he goes again. He doesn't really understand the product. Maybe I don't. But to me, from my viewing experience, there doesn't I like there doesn't seem the only forbidden door is between AEW and WWE. And if they did an event together, that would be really interesting to me because that's the that's basically. Just two bad rich people <laughs> trying to decide who name a good billionaire gets to be bigger. I don't know how rich is um, how rich was Mister Rogers. There, there's no way that he was more than like a like a maybe three commas maybe four, but there's no way he, he was a hundred thousand air probably. He probably gave it all away. <laughs> he left everything to Daniel Tiger. That's why Daniel Tiger has a show now. That's right. That's my boy gentrifying the neighborhood. I'm sorry. The land of make-believe got gentrified when Daniel Tiger took over. And I'm partial to Daniel Tiger because I was named after Daniel Tiger, by the way. <laughs> That's so, like, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, long story short, my um, my mom, uh, they thought that I was uh, they thought that I was going to be a dude in the womb because I did, like, a thing with my hand that looked like a dick. And then I came out and they were like, oh, like, they, you know, they were like, oh, well, obviously she's a girl. And then when I got older, I agreed and was like, oh, I am a girl because, you know, sometimes that's not right. And they were like, hey, like, she's presenting like a girl. My mom was like, oh, well, I guess because my she asked my sister what my name should be. And my sister mm-hmm. was like, Daniel, because Daniel Tiger was on there. And then I was like, my mom was like, Danielle, I guess. And then that's that's not got my name. And now the actual Daniel Tiger is putting a bunch of Paneras up in the neighborhood of that's right no uh look there's about to be a jamba juice um about like four or five yogurt lands uh one of them one of them good city targets yeah a nice mcdonald's the 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 nice mcdonald's maybe it's even got a theme like the rock and roll mcdonald's (laughs) the mcdonald's in rome is uh incredible i was there years ago decades ago and it was the nicest it's like marble columns, marble columns, and marble like columns. three. It was like two or three floors, but at the end of the day, you're still getting a hamburger and a chicken sandwich. So, who is the joke on here? 
<laughs> I really, I'm really asking. And here, here's the other thing. Maybe it's not Deep Space Nine. Maybe it's more like Mortal Kombat. The idea of all okay. elite, like just the name of it, implies that the greatest fighters from around the world have gathered here to mm-hmm. see who is the best. Great. Oh. That's a great premise for a show. And they don't have to be tied to, hmm. it's not, I'm. we are AEW. And I know you want a brand identity. Yes. It kind of goes counter to it. But everything else you're doing goes counter to it as well. Because there are so many things happening on that episode in terms of like pushing all the, the cross-promotional stuff, yes. which is which is great. I'm glad, I'm so, could not be happier for people who are happy and excited to see this. That for them, they're getting to see... A, a a dream match for them. I could not be happier for them. That is awesome. I think the I only just, thing for me like, it breaks yeah. my brain. I get lost in the beard. <laughs> I get lost in the beard. I do. You, we're, I do. We're, oh, we're fully in the beard now because I was gonna say I love your Mortal Kombat. I'm gonna expand on it and say it's Please. more like Capcom, where you can have Street Fighter, but you can also mm-hmm. do Capcom versus SNK. You can do mm-hmm. Capcom Marvel. versus Marvel. You can yeah. do like all of these other things. I'm obviously. Uh, excited. These are going to be some great fun mashups for me. Um, a lot of this stuff, obviously, that is the funny thing about it is that any of these dudes, most of these dudes could go do these matches anywhere at any time in yeah. doing this. Mox has been, people have been. I would, But I would say that the one damper on it, and this is just the way that this is, is that a lot of the dream matches we can't have right now because there are so many people out with injuries. Yes. Here's the count right now. These are all the people... Currently on the shelf, we have Cody Rhodes out for 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 the rest of the year. Randy Orton out for the rest of the year. Mm. CM Punk gone for an extended period of time. Brian Danielson feels like maybe he'll be back soon. Scorpio Sky, Adam Cole, Sting, but both of the both of them should be back uh, for Sunday. Mm-hmm. You have Big E, Kenny Omega, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish, and then Rhea Ripley, who like, has a little bar across her teeth. Holding her teeth together right now. She yeah. had to get her teeth adjusted after getting a knee in the face. Probably got concussed as well. Like this. Kind yeah, you of, really like, can't. You you can't, if you lose a tooth uh, yeah. from impact, you have a concussion. Like it's kind of ca- yeah. They were kind of cagey about all of it, but yeah, you, yeah. It, it sucks to see all of them get hurt. I enjoyed the fatal five way to open Raw. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a fun match. My favorite my favorite moment of it was. Carmella coming down to the ring and saying that Liv Morgan didn't deserve to be in the match, which, you know, she does the thing where you put your hand up and says, who thinks we should send Liv to the back and make this a fatal four-way? And who's the only person who raises her hand also? Becky Lynch. Yeah. Standing right next to Liv, and then they have the moment of like, what? I want, I don't, I can't, you shouldn't be here. Becky's on fire. Oh my God. This this version of the character is so good. Because her and Seth essentially have the same gimmick right now. Right. Without like the Joker laugh on her part. But they essentially <laughs> have the same gimmick right now. But it, it, that shows the way that it those gimmicks are different on different people. Because with him, he's clearly trolling and doing all of these things and people find it like irritating. Whereas with Becky, she's trolling and doing all of these things. And it's like, oh, you're hilarious. And it's the same yes. gimmick. Yes. But also she's on a little bit more of a losing streak than he yeah. is. Yeah. So watching her be upset, watching and her devolve. leave the Fatal yes. Five Way, devolve, and then complain to Adam Pierce, which I think was a two-segment complain. I think there was a commercial break that in the middle of it. Then mm-hmm. she gets put in a match with Asuka, which she loses. They're putting the character in a desperate position. And, you know, they can go a few ways. She can become uh, more of a babyface. Over time, just because you feel bad that she's losing a right. bunch. 
But ultimately, I think just uh, it's fun to watch a heel. They did it with Kurt Angle in 2000. It was great. He loses the titles, and I know I've talked about this before, goes on a months-long losing streak. And it was great for his character. It added more dimension to what he was doing. Now, now Becky already has that dimension. It's not like she's missing anything, but the more you add on to the character, the better it becomes. The great thing with Becky is that she is one of these performers. You can heat her back up in like two seconds, right? Mm -hmm. And I fully believe that this is not her original run where she was literally the biggest wrestler in the world for what, like six months a year? Yeah, I, I I definitely think we're going to get another one of those. But mm-hmm. I do think that right now they have to spend time building up the entirety of the women's division. And I think that that's what they're doing, which they've always needed to do. It can't always be the four horsewomen, no matter what, anyway. But Absolutely. right now they're obviously especially having to build up the rest of the women, which is great because if you're going to hire them, put them to fucking work, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot. It feels like there's a lot going on with, at least on Raw in that in that division. WWE isn't like, they're not terrible, but it is one of those things where it's like when you look at the roster and all the women that you have, there's kind of really no reason why we shouldn't be having at least three women's matches a show. At, especially in a three-hour program. In a three-hour program, there's really no reason. And I'm not saying segments. I'm saying matches. And then also segments. There's no reason why we shouldn't be getting that. And so if that's what they're building up to, and hey, who knows, uh, daddy's back in town. So (laughs) Uh, who knows what's going to happen, you know? Triple H is back. Uh, One more thing. One of the things that has made Roman Reigns even better as a performer outside of of finding a character, outside of finally turning heel, is his ability to to make every match he's in feel like a big match and make every opponent he's in the ring with look good. Mm-hmm. I can't think of someone he has wrestled in his in this time where it looked like that person was not a good wrestler or couldn't keep up with him. And his main event against Riddle, Matt Riddle, I refuse to be on a one-name basis, <laughs> was a, just another example of how he creates a big fight feel. And, you know, Riddle is a... It, for, for all of the things that he is, one of them is he is a talented in-ring performer. And they had a very good match. And then the best part of it, of course, is the return of Cowboy Brock. When Brock Lesnar <laughs> looks like he's having fun, mm-hmm. I have fun with him. Yeah. I, he's like two seconds away from like like doing the ride the pony like down yeah. the ring. Um, and I am I am here for it. You know, this is when when I see goofy, funny Brock Lesnar, I'm like, okay, Sable, I get it, girl. I get mm-hmm. it. I understand. Yeah. His new entrance music should be Save a Horse, Rattle Lesnar. <laughs> I don't know why and they you know don't what? do that. I would, pop, I would pop for that. Yeah, I just uh, it's nice to see him back there. Of course, on a collision course for SummerSlam, so we've got some time there to let that build. But in the meantime, if you have any thoughts on all the things that we've talked about or stuff that you love that we didn't cover here, you can tell us about it in our Facebook group. Plus, you can hear more about what we thought about wrestling on our Twitter pages. Find links to both in our show notes. When we come back, the most insane and influential figure in the history of professional wrestling. That's up next on Tights and Fights. 
You! Are you tired of gross food? Food that's processed, expensive, takes time to make, or forever to drive and buy? Sounds like you need Soylent. It's the latest and greatest craze that's sweeping the nation. Now I feel like Cordy Collins and I'm, I'm very into it. Drinks and bars <laughs> that are delivered straight to your door without any cooking or cleanup required. It's perfect for any of your main meals or when you need some nutrition in between. Take your pick from any of their great drinks like Soylent Complete Meal, Complete Energy, or my favorite, Complete Protein. Or get into Lindsay's favorite, the Soylent Squared Bars. I'm worried that this is going to be my legacy, but I also am fine with it because I really do love those bars. I love them so much, you guys. Uh, when we first got them, I was like, I don't know. I don't know about bars. I've, I've tried other you know, meal replacement and energy bars and workout bars and protein bars, and I never liked them. And now my, my passionate love for the peanut butter in particular, but the chocolate brownie is good too, but the peanut butter bars, it's now a thing I'm known for. And I, I am okay with it. I took them with me when I traveled in November. I know I've said that before, but when I went to the UK and I was traveling a bunch and I didn't feel safe going out to get food and I didn't feel safe eating in restaurants or eating on trains and stuff, so I took a bunch of those bars and they not only tidied me over and got me through, they were delicious. Uh, and I lost some because I had to give them to people and I was mad about it. So thank you. Thank you, Soylent, for sorting me out when I needed something to eat. Yeah. And obviously, like, food is great. Eat food. But like me, I don't get hungry in the morning. And I, I, I developed a very bad habit of not eating until later in the day. And that's one of the great things that Soylent is good for, where it's like, OK, well, I'm not I, like I, I just do not have an appetite, but what I can do is drink something and actually get my nutrition in. Um, or I like the bars too. Um, I keep some of them in my fanny pack. Obviously, my fanny pack is small, um, but I do keep some of them in my fanny pack because um, I'm a lady on the go, and some places sometimes <laughs> uh, I got places to be, and I don't necessarily always have time to like go and grab something in between going places. And not everyone has catering. Hint, hint, get catering. So I, I grab a couple bars and it keeps me from um you know literally biting someone's head off so if you want to get in on this delicious food you might as well get it at a discount yeah babies go to soylent.com tights and use promo code tights to get 20 percent off your first order that's soylent.com tights and promo code t-i-g-h-t-s for 20 percent off your first order Hey there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle C. Radford. Now, the C stands for savings. 
Now it's time to give one corner of the wrestling world some extra attention. This is our main event. What? My reaction to Vin- the news this week. Vincent Kennedy McMahon has been the chief creative and business mind behind WWE for decades since he acquired the business from his father, Vincent J. McMahon. Every single decision and expansion has been made with him at the center of it. With the latest scandal and investigation, he faces what may be the most significant disruption to his power yet. I'm here simply to remind you of the four words we just saw and what we call the WWE signature. Those four words are then, now, forever, and the most important word is together. Welcome to SmackDown! So, full disclosure, the main event segment has been rumored to be cursed for the last few weeks, with anyone who we discuss getting disappeared from TV, so Julian figured we would aim high for this one. Bra! 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 Do you... There's so much to talk about here, because there's all of the terrible things that he is, and then the other part of it is what he has done for the wrestling industry, and I think they both bear discussion. Where do you think we should start, Danielle? Oh, gosh. Do we start with uh, the art or the artist? There are podcasts where if you want to hear people run down like the absolute 100% history of someone, Mm -hmm. um, please go listen to Kevin and Joe. If you want to hear me yell about a billionaire for a bunch of minutes, listen to this podcast right now. In that case, let's start with the art. Yes. So he takes what was... You know, I, I, I don't think it's any surprise to the people who listen to the show that at one point wrestling was a territorial business. Yes. You had Mid-South, you had Northeast, you had South. Well, let's be fair. We we have, weirdly, uh, there are some people who don't know that who listen to the podcast because sure. they just so, like like hearing about wrestling from us, which is nice. We love you. That's kind. Yes. The, com- the, the country was divided up into different territories, and those territories each had a main promotion that worked there. And a lot of the stars that you know from the 80s, either through through the NWA or the AWA or the WWF, all of whom were different territories. And it was WWF at the time. It was WWF, then it, it changed to WWF. And the way it would work is if Ric Flair was the champion, he would be the champion in Mid-South, then he would travel with that belt. You know, the NWA was made up of different territories working together, but champions would tour around. You would go work the different territories as your character. And these days, we kind of refer to it as indies, where the territory system, it wasn't territories, we called it indies, but it was a lot like that. The main difference being that almost every major promotion in a territory had had a TV deal. Yes. So also you have fewer channels. So the local, you would have a local broadcast where you wouldn't see what happened in Tennessee if you lived in in Minneapolis. You saw AWA. That is is what you saw. Maybe some maybe some other some wrestling in the area. That was the main thing you saw. If you lived in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Connecticut, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, that was all WWF or WWWF. So Vince McMahon, when he purchases what became the WWF from his father, he went about trying to build a national company. And that involved hiring away top talent, 
and getting TV deals everywhere, Mm -hmm. essentially destroying the the territory system as we know it, but also giving rise to every national promotion that you've seen owes something to the work that he built because he created a national audience that knew stars. You know, wrestling became what it was under his watch. Rock and wrestling happened with him. He started WrestleMania, took all these things that are now... Right. standard in wrestling and he he did them first and took risks in doing them so from a business standpoint he has been successful in taking what was a regional wrestling promotion and turning it into an international corporation that has a media arm that's doing all different kinds of work that has their hands in reality television and film and scripted television and and social media, streaming, music, anything you can think of, books, they have been in, involved with it. Video games, action figures, those things those things happened because he was out there pushing it as a business. Right. He took what was a regional niche thing mm-hmm. and he commodified it into being a like business 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 and you can argue about whether that was good for wrestling or bad for wrestling we don't know what would have happened if it happened differently so we can't Mm -hmm. say we can only speculate i grew up for some periods where i was able to get some tbs kind of stuff but i was still i didn't get into wrestling until attitude era like i didn't it was this product, the product that had been built and cultivated by, you know, uh, VKM for like ever, that was the product that I fell in love with. But I was also a child. Um, and yeah. I was at that right, perfect point for me to be like, ah, this is perfect. This is like the extreme stuff that I've always thought that I wanted to see. It's like, uh, uh, it's like watching like the. Uh, you said it's like literally I felt like it's like watching Mortal Kombat on TV. Mm-hmm. That was how I felt the first time I watched wrestling because I was also like, oh, well, you know, wrestling is fake, right? But I was also like, you know, head of the drama club and a complete douche. Um, <laughs> but so I also felt that way. And then I watched it and I was like, this is everything I've ever wanted to see in my entire life. Yes. And I and I as a child getting to see these larger than life characters that became huge stars. I mean, I obviously was there for the rise of Hulkamania, and and I I was always partial to Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. He was my absolute favorite. And then I loved Rowdy Roddy Piper. Then I loved Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. You know, you go through all these guys. What another thing? And Vince McMahon at that time, you weren't aware he was the owner of the company, especially if you were a kid. He was the play-by-play commentator. The oh, what about over? <laughs> Wouldn't name anything and go, oh, looks like he's going. He always at like the top of his voice. And one of the things that he did that helped revolutionize and and coming from a place of of his back being against the wall, which maybe maybe that's when he operates and does his best work, they're getting their their butts handed to them at this point. And also the, the, the larger than life characters are starting to fade away. We're moving into a new era. He has shown an, a tremendous ability to adapt, even if he doesn't do it right away. But the creation of the Mr. McMahon character mm. and taking everything you think about him and everything you think about every terrible person who has money and is a, and is your manager 
and making a character out of that is maybe it's I, 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 you can't argue the building of, of a national wrestling promotion and 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 the brand isn't the number one thing he's done. But number two mm. is the creation of the Mr. McMahon character. Austin, now you know there is no price I will not pay. There is no depth that I will not stoop to make your life here on Earth, Austin, a total, complete, living hell. It is simultaneously the most brilliant and diabolical thing that anyone has ever done. A, yes, I did something terrible. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to now turn it and be like, oh, well, that was my character. That wasn't me. It was my character. And Mm -hmm. that is brilliant. And B, understanding that deep inside, everyone wants to just kick the shit out of their boss. You just want to rail after the boss because we look at bosses, the correct way to look at bosses, uh, you know, Obviously, it's different, like middle management, like all these other things, like ego stuff. But when it comes to people where it's like, oh, no, you actually have the money and you treat your people like shit. There is a way that we want to see them get their comeuppance. And one thing that Vince and, you know, they make a joke out of it, but best for business, he understood that he should be the clown. He should be the one falling on his ass. He should be the one, you know, uh, being in the hospital and getting, you know, uh, um, a poop, a, a pee thing dumped on his head. Yeah, bedpan. Bedpan. I don't know, man. I'm crying. I'll take um, it from here, nurse. <laughs> but no, he's the he understands that, like, this is his job. And then there were periods, especially in light of what's happened now, where later it was like, oh, well, if I ratchet up the cruelty of what Vince McMahon does... Then when I get my comeuppance, it's different. And I think it's one thing where it's like, oh, my cruelty is that, which again, my first episode ever of Raw. There's one thing to be like, oh, uh, uh, I I am helping set up my daughter for this like ritualistic sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing to be like, hey, every blonde woman that's ever tried to leave my company, here's where you put your tongue down the throat. Hey, every man who's ever talked bad about me outside of the business, Here's where you literally kiss my ass. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there is, um, you can almost see the divide. And it really comes with when they thought they had no competition. And that is really when he wild the fuck out. And Mm -hmm. no matter how you feel about booking in other places, no matter how you feel about AEW, I like a lot of it. I like most of it, but I feel the same way about all wrestling. I like most of it, but I am someone who consumes enough wrestling that I have opinions about like the things that I like and the things that don't work for me. It is, you can see that it his behavior towards people on camera, which is something that they, because you can't say no, He's the head mm-hmm. of creative and your boss and the head and the CEO and the everything. And so if he's like, oh, you're going to make out with me in front of my wife. Then guess what you're going to do, Tristratus? If it's like, oh, well, you're going to like grind up on me in front of everyone. Well, 
you know, guess what you're going to do? Stace, like that, that, and that's the thing is like, you start to see where he starts going off the rails and it's. Well, I mean, you, 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 you bring us to a good transition, which is the uh-huh. idea that when you cross the billion dollar threshold that, and you have that much money, billionaires generally in our experience, the ones we've encountered do not seem to be particularly good people. And and as much as Vince McMahon has contributed, he leaves he has left this wake of destruction behind him. Whether it's the people he put out of business, whether it's the steroid trial where he was cleared, whether it's the the allegations of outright sexual assault that he somehow mm. avoided, to now, you know, the the current stepping down is is because of what is allegedly a a consensual relationship that was taken advantage of and there was an NDA sign and that then that leads to you know when you dig up one skeleton all of a sudden you find the rest of them it's not that oh, not that hey, deep hey, a pit. you know we talked about this last week and i think the week before and maybe like as soon as this came out this whole like the way that it's framed is like it was an affair that language is gonna change but yeah, no, and I'm not, and I'm not saying that for you, like, because you said the exact right thing. I'm saying that, like, the way that it has been covered in the press, where it's been like, oh, it was an affair, it was an affair, it was an affair. I don't think that that language is going to stay true for much longer. Let, let me ask you this: You still watch WWE programming? I still, I still watch it. Right. And there is, there is, in general, whatever kind of media you consume, there is a, there is a, a bargaining you do with yourself, and there's a compartmentalization that happens. And there, there are two different, there are two different tacks to that. Two different main tacks. One is is context, and so there can be people who are fans of Buster Keaton, the silent film actor who did the majority of his work in the 1910s and 1920s, but who several times in several of his films appeared in full blackface, like that was part of his. He was in disguise in blackface, and there are people who will say, I don't condone that. We know, you know, you, you can only watch anything with the with the eyes and knowledge of someone in the present day, right? So there are people who will watch that and go, that is a terrible thing. And I wish he had never done it. And in the context of that time, it was very common. So does that make him any better or worse than anybody else at that time? And I'm not rendering a judgment on that at all. I'm not, I'm, I, I, that's just one, it's just an example of one type of compartmentalization. What we're dealing with here is, is separate from that, which is, can I appreciate the work that this guy has laid out with the knowledge of who he is? And I, I will give you, I will give you a personal example of that which is that I enjoy all of Mel Gibson's stuff prior to Passion of the Christ. And I am Jewish. I was bar mitzvahed. I identify as Jewish, always have, always will. And I know who Mel Gibson is. I know who his father is. I don't have to be a fan of him as a person, someone who I don't feel for me as a fan, not that he has to atone in a way that I approve of, but I don't feel like he's done I don't feel like I've seen evidence of him doing the work that makes me go like, oh, I'm so happy to see him on on my screen again in any capacity. But I will go back and watch Maverick and enjoy it 
And that's complete compartmentalization of like terrible person, but I enjoy this. I enjoyed it before and I I don't want to ruin it. And there's a limit to that, right? Of what someone has done that makes it that, that you, you know, everybody has the line that is different for each individual person that they will or will not cross when it comes to separating art and the artist. Where are you with that? So first of all, um, when it comes to Vincent Kennedy McMahon in particular, because uh, I could talk about a bunch of this other stuff for days. I literally have. Like, I could talk. Like, this is a long discussion. Oh, it is. When it comes to Vince, um, the WWE is made up of, like, a billion people who do really good work. Mm-hmm. I support the workers without supporting Vince. Did I cancel my fucking subscription when they started uh, getting back into the Hulk uh, Hogan business? I did. I did. Sure. Don't regret it. Not even no, a little no. bit. Um, and I, I kept that until they became Peacock. And I was like, well, shit, man. I'm already, I have to have Peacock. For- I have to watch Below Deck. <laughs> <laughs> Below Deck isn't Peacock. Yes, it is. It's on Peacock because it's Bravo. Owned by NBC. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to just make this a Below Deck podcast? I mean, someday. But yeah, so it, it, it is, I support the people that work very hard as independent contractors Mm-hmm. on their dreams i support them when it comes to like vincent kennedy mcmahon we got to get him the fuck up out of here obviously like this thing he literally tripped twice walking out of a ring mm-hmm. at raw for no reason mm-hmm. there's no reason for you to be there everyone apparently cheered and clapped inside their brains obviously when trips showed up back at the fucking uh, uh back at the performance center like i know they keep saying that like vince is going to die in the chair i i right. just can we just put the chair into his living room and just tell him it's gorilla <laughs> it's the big fake gorilla setup yeah. just a bunch of cardboard cutouts behind him yeah, like I a mean, cardboard they're... cut out of like road dog here and like stephanie there and like triple h here and like cuz here's the thing the, the 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 rumors and you know we're not like a big rumor mill but we'll talk about them is that everyone loves stephanie and we're really excited to see her ascend and i think the idea is that like it's time he is embedded if with uh, uh the trump folks because he is close friends with people who it's like well i don't know where the fuck a lot of your family was on january 6th i'm not saying anything i'm just saying things just asking questions i'm just asking questions so I think that like they have been especially emboldened right now because of all of these things and just watching people get away with shit and he can't get away with it. You know, insert Jesse breaking bad meme. Like he can't get away with it. Everyone. It's all shit. It's all shit all the way down. But what we can do is he is still alive. And so we can make him at least he will never not be comfortable. That is who he is. Same for like Cosby. Right. Same for like a lot of these other dudes. They'll always be comfortable. But taking away their power and just being like, now you have to sit in the corner. It's not fair. It's not right. But it's what we have. Wouldn't it be the ultimate in not irony or coincidence, whatever you whatever you want to call it, that the thing that ultimately brings him down, because there have been so many things... There have been so many times when he could have either gone to jail 
or not been in control of the company and he anymore. Should. But he continued to build the company bigger and bigger and bigger until it has become a publicly traded corporate entity of which he is chairman of the board and yep. and and no longer CEO. But like he's created this big corporate structure that requires other people to come in. And when you build a big corporate structure like that, ultimately, for the sake of the of the company sustaining itself, they have to hold you accountable. They have you have to be held accountable because what's best for business is to not have someone who is a legal and financial liability in a position of power. So the very thing that he built could be the thing that takes him down. If this stuff turns out to be true, allegedly, allegedly, blah, 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 blah. If you've got more to say about Vincent Kennedy McMahon, go to our Facebook group via the links in the show notes. And when we come back, we've got three things from wrestling that we want to share with you. That's up next on Tights and Fights. Also, don't watch the Ric Flair fight. Strange planets, curious technology, and a fantastic vision of the distant future. Featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGivern. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. Tides and Bites Podcast. Tides and Bites. Welcome back to Tides and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin and I'm joined today by... Danielle, uh, abortions are good, Radford. And joining us just for this segment is... Uh, Julian agrees with that, Burrell. Thirded. This week, we're going to share some of the joy of wrestling with you. This is the three count. Danielle, what would you like to put over this week? So uh, this is something that we didn't uh, talk a lot about because um, it is... We're a jokey, jokey joke podcast. And when it comes to talking about people's like personal issues, we're very much like, yo, like it's not really, you know, I don't, cause I don't want to crack jokes about it. But like I do, cause that's who I am, because that's how I deal with dark things. And it's not appropriate for this recent show, Triple Mania, right? It wasn't Slam Anniversary, it was Triple Mania. It was originally the Hardy Boys were going to appear because obviously they were going to. Obviously Jeff is not able to appear right now. We don't know why, I haven't researched it. It's not my business. I hope that he's safe, I hope he's okay. And I hope that uh, he continues to recognize that part of being safe uh, is making sure that everyone else in the world is safe with your actions. But one of the great things that happened was that Matt was like, hey, I have a new partner. And then he introduces, of course, Johnny Hardy, <laughs> who is obviously John Morrison, a.k.a. Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Mundo, a.k.a. Johnny Elite, a.k.a. a.k.a. Wearing Jeff's outfit, doing Jeff's dance, and then Matt presents him with Jeff's headband, 
All of which was respectful because he said that like he talked to Jeff and Jeff like gave him these things. John Morrison, he's going to go down as one of those people who we should have given more flowers to when we had him. He's going to be a trainer at a school or he's going to teach promo class or he's going to do something. Um, But just watching him rack up the names and watching him do such a pitch perfect but not disrespectful Jeff Hardy, it was pretty dope. So I enjoyed it. That was me. Julian? Yeah. The year was 1993. It was uh, the Nintendo Battle of Champions in Las Vegas. And who would they decide to host other than Paul Heyman and Terry Funk? And here's how it sounded. Super Mario World. The first gentleman to get 50 coins will then move on to game number two. You don't get to game number two unless you go through game number one. From Tokyo, Japan, the challenger, Yuichi Suyama. Oh no, this is amazing. I want them to do everything now. So remember, when you are playing Animal Crossing, if you try to reset your console before you have saved, Rossetti will come and make sure that you have learned the errors of your ways. Don't forget, if you don't visit your house after a while, it will be filled with roaches. Now I want you to remember when you're growing your turnips to put a fence around them in case visitors come to your island. You son of a bitch. (laughs) And the other thing that very much upset me about this was uh, that um, apparently Paul Heyman is one of those weirdos that pronounces it Mario. It's never been. Yes. What? He's like a Jersey boy or Philly boy? Somewhere from the East Coast. It is apparently an East Coast thing, but I'm hoping that that has died because Mario's whole thing is that he says his name every five seconds. So it's never been Mario, people. Mario. Mario. I just, oh, God. Mario, wahey! Wahey! I'm walking here, it's a me, Mario! <laughs> I'm walking here, it's a me, a Mario! Let's go get a za! <laughs> you met it going. Oh, that's a. Uh oh. You know who's not from New York or New Jersey? Kevin Owens. He's a proud French Canadian. And French Canadians, you cannot pull the wool over their eyes. As he pointed out, in this episode of Raw, this week's episode of Raw, while confronting <laughs> Elias and the beard in which I am still trapped, now I'm in the Van Dyke. I know you and Ezekiel are the same person, okay? You think that video, that video with the two of you on the couch, you think that fooled me? Huh? No, no, no. Hey, special effects, movie magic, they can do whatever they want today. I saw a movie with a dinosaur in it last week. I saw a T-Rex fly a helicopter, okay? That proves nothing! <laughs> He's great. Uh, Clearly out of the time of his life with this. <laughs> oh, Kevin Owens, so great. What is, I mean, just... I hope he's the person that I, that I imagine him to be in my mind and that he has a long, happy life with his with his wife and children. Right. We can't know who anyone is, but it is yes. one of those things where I'm like, please be, please be who I want you to be. Yes, this please is be. really. 
That does it for this episode of Tights and Fights. This week, your hosts were Danielle Ranford along with me, Hal Lublin, who you can follow at Hal Lublin on all the social meds, and you'll know what's going on there. Danielle? Hi. Um, so I am angry and mad. Um, and angry and mad and filled with rage. I will be tweeting. You'll probably see it. Right now I'm doing vague tweets because I'm just like sad. Um, uh, uh, wrestling is great. I love wrestling more than anything in the world. I love writing more than anything in the world. You know what I really like? Women's rights. Or sorry, like literally anyone who was capable of being pregnant's rights, really, because it does wind up being reductive that we're always like, oh, it's women's rights. Like, no, it's like anyone who is capable of like having a pregnancy. They're not stopping here. Thomas put it with his fucking bitch ass and his raggedy, raggedy ass wife. Thomas literally has laid out the blueprint for how they can use this to overcome gay marriage and everyone is always like oh y'all are like so extremist really because when we said this years ago everyone was like no one will overturn wade no one will overturn roe versus wade and then guess what the fuck happened like this isn't the end of this you think that they're not going to go to gay marriage you think that they might not actually try to uh overturn loving Everything is on the table now. And literally Clarence and in addition, as part of it, his bitch ass motherfucking shit ass raggedy ass wife, like they they're coming for us. Internalize it. Have a day like I'm going to have a day where I'm going to spend a day um, watching stuff that makes me happy and not crying while I talk about things. Um, Give yourself some time. I might take I have a wedding tomorrow. Thank God. So I can actually pour love into something and pour love into the world take some time chill and then unfortunately we have to fucking regroup um so i will when i'm at that point do those things um my heart's fucking broken right now they're actually going to come after birth control if you have an iud or an Iudizzle, as I call it, um, you should get an appointment today in a lot of states. Um, some states are obviously, oh, states' rights, states' rights. If you, I, I would highly suggest that you get uh, an appointment to get an IUD inserted ASAP before they start making the big push. They're making it. They're making it. It's happening. It's scary and sad and weird and... I could talk about this forever, but that's not this podcast. So that's me. Wish I could have ended on something happy. Not a happy day. Our producer is Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagles, the voice behind our theme music, so we're putting him over for that. Thank you to all the Max Fun members that keep this show going. Keep up with us all week long on all of our social media channels in the show notes. We'll be back next week for more wrestling. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported